the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to Jewish Hour. We've got a great show for you today. In this half hour of the show, we'll be featuring an interview with Rabbi Kasriel Shemtov. We'll be talking about Menorah in the D, which has become a Detroit icon. In the second half hour of the show, we'll be talking about what else? We'll be talking about Hanukkah. The portion of the week is Vayeshev, which can be found in the book of Genesis, chapter 38 and following, but kind of gets overshadowed. we got a really dynamic Hasidic story at the end. Jewish music scattered throughout the show, and we're going to first go to Rabbi Kasriel Shemtov. How are you, Rabbi Shemtov? Baruch Hashem. Okay. okay, so Menorah in the D happens for the last, oh, I think, decade already now, the first night of Hanukkah down at Campus Marshes. We, I think we talked about it like way back when, but so it's time for a, an accumulative review. So let's, let's talk about, so people know about Hanukkah. I mean, unless somebody was raised in a cave and has been totally, completely sheltered, everybody knows about Hanukkah. And whatever their perception of Hanukkah is, is, of course, our celebration of the victory of the small Maccabee forces over the uh, the much larger superpowers, Assyrian Greeks, and the rededication of the temple. And it's commemorated by lighting a menorah, which is one of the things that was dedicated there. So this is the idea of, the idea of lighting menorah is to publicize the miracle. So first question I have for you, Rabbi Shem Tov, is, okay, so people light the menorahs where they can be seen. People light them by their front doors. They light them in their windows. What's what's the deal with lighting a menorah in a public place, such as campus marshes? Because people are going to have to get through participating in that. They're going to have to go home and light their own menorahs because they didn't do the mitzvah yet. Well, it, it, all, it all begins... First of all, thank you for having me. Um, it all begins with the message of the Hanukkah lights. I mean, let's think about this. You know, every week in Jewish tradition, we light the Shabbos candles at a beautiful dinner table together with our family. And it's meant to bring peace and harmony and beauty to our homes. Um, When it comes to Hanukkah, we are all of a sudden told to do it towards the outside, to do it by the window, by the doorpost, facing the outside and we light it when it becomes dark. And the reason is because the message of Hanukkah is not only bringing light in a peaceful way, in a peaceful home, but it's to bring light in the face of darkness, where it's dark outside, and the message of Hanukkah is the way we deal with darkness is light a candle, 
bring light into this world, and that will warm up our hearts, warm up the community, warm up the world. And we do that through the spirit, the spirit of Judaism. And that's why bringing it to the center of the town and and the city square is one step further, that we come out into the public, into the center of the city, where there's all the different challenges and all the different forces of the world. And right there, we light this large menorah, which is a message that we all proclaim together, the entire community, that we are celebrating Hanukkah, we're celebrating religious freedom, and we're lighting a candle to bring light into this world and dispel the darkness and in the face of darkness. Okay, thank you so much for that. Okay, so tell us about specifically the menorah and the D. There, it didn't happen like one day somebody said, you know, let's have a public menorah. There was a lot of, there a lot went into it because just by looking at the menorah and what goes on around with the festivities about it. So tell us, take us back. Maybe it's, I think it's ten years already. And uh, what was the sudden impetus, and why specifically campus marshes? Why not say somewhere out in the burbs? What's what was the deal? All right, let's go back in uh, memory lane over here. Um, it was about forty years ago that the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe of Blessed Memory, uh, launched the Hanukkah campaign and encouraged Jews and specifically his students to go out and bring Hanukkah to the world at large by lighting menorahs in the public square. And it started, uh, like I said, 40 years ago, and it, it, it spread like wildfire all over the world in, in all uh, capitals in front of the White House, uh, the, the Kremlin, the Eiffel Tower, and uh, so many other thousands of, of, of places. Um, here in Detroit, Chabad as well, I remember as a child uh, putting up a 25-foot menorah in front of uh, a nine mile in front of Mishkan Israel or in front of the post office at that time. Um, and there was a number of public menorahs here, but you know, the way the layout of this city is, you know, Detroit wasn't really an option downtown during those years. And uh, you know, the public menorah was either in a parking lot on Orchard Lake or uh, you know, in front of the post office in Oak Park and, and, and other places. And we felt like the Rebbe's message of bringing Hanukkah to the world and bringing the idea of being proud to be a Jew, to be able to practice in, in, in public, to be able to bring the message of Hanukkah, it needed something uh, in a more central place. And uh, that's when, when the idea came up to do this downtown. Uh, I have to say at that time, uh, Cadillac Square uh, was, it was still dark. Uh, there wasn't much going on there. And uh, it was uh, kind of... Uh, uh, you know, to, to make that decision to go out there wasn't um, wasn't easy, but we went out there the first year, and we made uh, ice menorah, which was I, I don't remember, but uh, it may have been six feet high or a little higher than that. And uh, we spread the word. We didn't know what to expect, um, and it turned out that there were five six hundred people there, which was a surprise to everybody. Uh, many people even came from the suburbs. Uh, and uh, I remember distinctly how I was standing there. It was kind of dark. And there was this, uh, this was before the menorah lighting, before the crowds came. And I see a fellow standing there and just watching. And uh, I said, hello, and I, are you going to join us? And he says, you know, I have goosebumps standing here and thinking that in the center of Detroit, on campus marshes, there's going to be a lighting of a menorah? I can't believe it. This makes me so happy. And that's when I realized the message of the Rebbe and what, what the Rebbe wanted here was that any person walking down that street, any Jew walking down that street, should be able to identify with this message. And it's a very warm message. It's a spiritual message. And it's something that can inspire our hearts to all become lamplighters and bring the light into the world. Mm-hmm. And that was the first year. Mm-hmm. I could go on if you want. <laughs> assume, but was, was Campus Marshes chosen, say, like over Hart Plaza just because of technical issues? And I, I remember when I first came trying to get something on Hart Plaza and just getting it totally and completely shut down because Hart Plaza is owned by the city and they just 
I, I couldn't get anywhere. Well, to be honest, um, we actually were offered a number of places in downtown. Uh, there were po- at certain points, various corporations and the city uh, would have rather have us in other places. And the reason we, are, we chose Campus Martius was specifically because we wanted it to be what we considered at the center. We wanted the message to be something that, is, uh, uh, that affects all from all walks of life, and that, yes, this message belongs right in the center of the city where we all can identify with it and all learn from it. And when we come together as a community there, uh, it sends a message to all of us that we can stand together for what's right, for what's just, and for bringing light into the world. Okay, so the menorah has gone through, it's gone a long way from a uh, six-foot-high Ice sculpture. Tell us about like the menorah that you'll be lighting this year, which you've been lit. I don't know if it's uh, seven or eight or even nine years that you're lighting this menorah, Rabbi Kasriel Shemtov. Yeah, I believe I believe was I believe that immediately after that first year, as soon as we saw that there was interest and that we could do something downtown, uh, we realized the potential. We really wanted to grow the program, and we reached out to the Norden brothers right away that year. Um, and uh, asked them, we'd like to make a beautiful designed Detroit menorah for this city that could identify with the city, that could express the city, and could bring the message of Hanukkah to the public. And I have to tell you, they did a marvelous job uh, for a great price, <laughs> and they did it in, uh, in a very short period of time because it was kind of late, uh, it was a big expense for us, uh, but we said, you know what, if we're going to do it, we got to do it right. And uh, we um, and, and we had the menorah ready. And that's a 26-foot menorah made out of steel and glass. And uh, it has a, just a beautiful design. In fact, we get requests from other cities around the world asking us <laughs> to be able to use uh, our design. Um, and it's, it's uh, thank God, has been a beautiful, has been a beautiful component of our celebration. And we come together since then, since the second year, and are, are lighting that menorah. Of course, to get up to the menorah, uh, 26 feet high, we have to have a lift. Uh, so we could lift the dignitaries and those that will have, you know, the, the privilege to light the menorah. And uh, everyone is standing, you know, when, the, you know, some years we had thousands of people. And... You know, we're all waiting for that moment when we can kindle that flame, and the sound from the entire uh, from the entire community that comes out when that candle is lit is, is you know, it's very uh, heartwarming. Um, I think we all identify with it, and it's a special moment for all of us. Okay, interesting. Our guest today is Rabbi Kasriel Shemtov. We are talking about the menorah in the D, which will be Thursday night, the first night of Hanukkah. I think festivities begin at 5 o'clock. Okay, in many cities, there was opposition. In some cities, there was, like, major opposition. In some places, it was like my grandmother would say, don't make a federal case out of it. People made federal cases out of the menorah. Did the menorah and the D have any type of uh, uh, opposition, official, unofficial, Kasriel Shemtov? No, thank God we had no opposition, and we have incredible support and cooperation from so many in our community. Uh, first of all, uh, besides the Chabad organizations that are involved, this is uh, primarily presented by Chabad Lubavitch of Michigan, which represents all the emissaries and, and centers around Michigan. Um, but it also uh, has some of the individual Chabad centers like the Shul and Chabad and the D. But from the beginning, we also did this in uh, cooperation and, 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 and partnership with the Jewish Federation of Metropolitan Detroit. And uh, they were always uh, supportive. Uh, together with that, we had incredible uh, participation from almost every organization, many organizations in this town, um, both in volunteering um, and in, in other fashions. We have also many dignitaries that come, politicians, uh, supporters, corporate sponsors. It really is a, it's really a program that uh, is so many from so many different walks of life have expressed to me personally 
and in public uh, how they feel. It's just it's just something wonderful for our city, and it's a beautiful message. You know, it was a few years ago. I got a call. It was it was right after the the event, and I get a call from a journalist. Uh, I believe it was uh, associated with. Well, I'd rather not say which which outfit it was. And usually I'm getting the calls, you know, before the event or during the event. Um, he calls me up and he says, I'm not calling you for a story now. Um, I just want to express my appreciation. He says, you know, I'm in town now. I came here to work for this large outfit. And all I deal with is stories that are difficult, that are challenging, that are dark. And this is just so wonderful to be part of something that is here to talk about light and bring a spirit and on a personal level, I appreciated it so much. I wanted to thank you. And, and I, I, when I heard that, that's when I realized, uh, I think he spoke for many, uh, of why everyone is coming downtown, why they're excited to be there, even when it's cold. Hopefully this year we'll have better weather. But even when it's cold, you have thousands of people standing out there and waiting for that moment of the lighting of the menorah. Okay, again, our guest is Rabbi Kasriel Shemto. We're talking about the menorah in the D, which is the first day, the first night of Hanukkah, I think, believe, 5 o'clock. So uh, public events like this, they catch on. People start coming, the word of mouth, and it gets growing and growing and growing. Then came 2020, and everything shut down. And then things started slowly coming back again. Are you expecting in 2023 that the uh, crowds will be as big or bigger than prior to 2020? I, I think it will be, God willing, will be larger. Um, I want to tell you, I, you know, I think 2023 is unique um, in the sense that I think every member in this community knows and feels that we're in a special time, a special time in history. And, all of us and the Jewish community and even beyond the Jewish community, uh, there's a feeling that we've come face to face with evil. There's darkness. And it's at a time like this that to stand together, to come together and to light a candle and to commit ourselves to bringing light into the world and, 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 and be there for each other and together uh, is, is, is so powerful today. And I think that many uh, members of the community feel this. I think that uh, people want to participate. And uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful that we'll see even larger crowds than we've seen in the past. Um, it's interesting to me that, you, you, you know, you, you, you speak about COVID. Um, it actually is interesting because COVID uh, brought us actually larger crowds than we ever had. And I'll, I'll explain myself. Um, you know, when COVID happened, of course, the Hanukkah was at a time when literally we weren't allowed to congregate even in outside uh, for many people. Um, and we were thinking, OK, what are we going to do? Uh, are we not going to have a, a public lighting? And of course, this would, uh, as the Rebbe always teaches us, uh, when you have a challenge, you have to, you know, not only overcome the challenge, but it has to bring you to greater heights. And so what we decided to do is something we've never done before, which was to hire producers and we put together for the first time an online streaming with pre-recorded uh, information um, together with live information. Uh, we had uh, our politicians and other dignitaries come and uh, were able to participate, but without the crowd, there's only maybe like 25 people spectators there. Um, Cause we, we felt the city felt it was unsafe to invite other people there. And it turned out that we have many thousands of people. Uh, the estimates were 25 to 30,000 people watching it online. And uh, it was incredible uh, bringing the message further than the thousands that we had all the years before. Um, and after when COVID opened up, uh, you know, once we were able to kind of come and meet in public, we said to ourselves, we can't go backwards. So we are going to make a hybrid. We're going to do both the local public one and have the benefits of the live stream. So since then, it's become a program that, you know, we, of course, we are looking forward to everyone to come in person and we enjoy everyone's presence. But for those that can't, and also uh, we have many Jews that uh, in Chabad, we're in touch with many Jews around the state 
some of them in little cities where they have no one to celebrate Hanukkah with. And by doing this as an online event, we have people participating from all across the state and actually from around the world as well. So uh, it's only Hanukkah. You know, one of the messages of Hanukkah is we light a can- one candle the first night, two candles the second night, and we continue to increase every night of Hanukkah. And that's how Menorah and Didi went. We always increased. We always added new ideas to our programs. And it's uh, something that uh, people enjoy and uh, hopefully will continue to enjoy in, 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 in greater measure. Okay. Now, again, our guest is Kasriel Shemtov. We're talking about Menorah and the D, which is this uh, first night of Hanukkah. One of the things people have voiced their concerns with that I've been hearing is because of what's happening in the Middle East is security of public gatherings of large amounts of Jewish people together. Um, what precautions are being taken to ensure people's safety, Kasriel Shemtov? Well, thank God, every precaution. Uh, we're we're meeting with uh, with the city officials, state officials, beyond. Uh, there's uh, we have anything that that was advised and that could be done to to better our security is done, and everyone feels very confident that we're going to have a wonderful program. Um, and uh, you know, we're you know, all the precautions are are being put in place. Okay, good to hear. Okay, so let's hear details. What's going to be special about Menorah in the D2023, Kasriel Shemtov? 2023 is, uh, like I said, is uh, we're going to come together. First and foremost, the, the, the entire community will be standing together, uh, together with the city, together with all the Jewish people at this time, with all the challenges that we're going through. And when we stand together as one, we will light the menorah and, uh, you know, and, and bring and, and express the, the message that, that our first objective is to bring light and life and goodness and kindness into the world. And that dispels the darkness. Uh, and uh, we will have many different, uh, uh, many, we have eight lamplighters, members from our community that are being, um, that are being honored at this time for their um, contribution in, in, in bringing light to the world, especially in this period. Um, and each one will represent another significant area of Jewish life and life in general and how we can bring light. Um, in addition, we will also, um, we will also, of course, uh, invite the dignitaries to come up on the lift to light the menorah. There's going to be uh, wonderful uh, music and celebration and, uh, and a food truck from Chef Carey and um, many activities and festivities for the kids. Um, I would encourage everyone to go to menorahindedee.com. Over there, you could see all the details of the festivities and be able to... Uh, and be able to um, know where you can come, where you can park, um, and and the time, and uh, you know, and the security issues, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, that's wonderful. That's going to wrap us up again. If people wanted more information, they should look at. They should go to menorahindeed.com. Rabbi Kasriel Shemsov, we want to thank you so much for coming on and enlightening us and keeping us on what's doing in the D. Absolutely, and I, I would like to first of all wish everyone with a happy Hanukkah, and. What's most important is that we should all go out, get our candelabras with our candles, and prepare that every night of Hanukkah we all come together to light together with our families um, and each one in our own homes. And then there is in Chabad Lubavitch, we have every night of Hanukkah public menorah lightings all around the state. And if you go to our website, menorahd.com, you'll see uh, there's, there's public lightings. You go there and you have a schedule of, of the lightings. And uh, I would encourage everyone to participate. You can make it your plan with your family to light your menorah, go out to the public square every night of Hanukkah, and we could all have a wonderful celebration. And, of course, we all wish that uh, we have true peace and harmony in, in Israel and the world, and Hanukkah should be a time of celebration. Amen. Okay, thank you so much. That's going to wrap it up. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. 
You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Hey, Shulfinman, here you're listening to the Jewish Hour. The songs we're going to be playing for the most part during this show will be Hanukkah-geared, except for this one, which is a dedication. How could we turn down a dedication? Especially for those people who have been long-time Jewish Hour listeners know about the girls from Chicago, which the girls of Chicago, none of them live in Chicago anymore, but they still regularly listen. That's really an amazing thing. So they requested that we play a new song by David Broza and Uri Tal, who are big in Israel. The song is called Shema Yisrael. It's not Shema Yisrael, Hashem Hashem Echad, which is Hero is the Lord, God is Israel. It's more like, listen, listen Israel, we got, we got business we got to take care of. And this is for the girls from Chicago. Shema Yisrael Omed Al kol shelcha על כל הצבעים שלך מה בן אדם מחפש פה בעולם פינה שלו מנגינה שלו מקום לדאגה מציאות לא מרחמת There's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. 
Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community, and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813. That's 800-603-1813. Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Hey, Shulchan here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. This is, I think this was around last year. I seem to vaguely remember playing this, but it's a, it's a pretty cute song. It's a Yiddish song, so it sort of counts sort of as klezmer. The only real klezmer Hanukkah stuff there is is the klezmatics came out a while ago with Woody Guthrie's klezmer uh, Willie Guthrie's Hanukkah song, which they klezmerized, and how many times can you play Happy Happy Hanukkah? You know, so uh, Happy Hani Hanukkah one two three. Anyway, so this is called the dreidel song. A dreidel is a top which is played with, uh, played by people do children, little kids, you know, whatever they play with this thing, and it has on it four letters representing the the words a great miracle happened there. And believe it or not, is supposedly the lore has it that teaching kids Torah was was illegal during Greek times, and so the kids would have these tops, and when the Greek soldiers would come around, they would just take out these these tops and play like they were make like they were playing games rather than learning. But that's that's the the legend, and so this is again this is a song how to play dreidel in Yiddish, of course.
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the -the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. We got time for one more. Of course, Hanukkah. The tradition has become over the last forty years that whatever popular singing group makes a Hanukkah parody. And so far, we've got one. Um waiting probably in the next uh week, they'll probably be like two or three or four more, which will absorb, be absorbed into next week's show because it's still Hanukkah next week. So this is the Y Studs. They're an acapella group. And the song is You Can't Light With Me. And it's a parody. And let's listen. You're on the phone with your puppy. She's upset. She's wondering. She's waited all day long just to see you Why go to a hospital to get healthy? 
At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Hey, Shulfinman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. The portion of the week is being usurped by the holiday of Hanukkah, which we'll probably talk about again next week. Also, there's just so much to talk about. The portion, for those following along at home, is the portion of Vayeshev can be found in the book of Exodus, chapter 38 and following. And it talks about Joseph getting sold into slavery. That's the, it's like the, the uh, classic Joseph and his multicolored coat story. That's what goes there. But we're not talking about it. What's the deal, Hanukkah? And always there, the relevance thereof. As we mentioned at the onset, Hanukkah celebrates, commemorates the fact that the there was this big superpower, these big bully-type people, the Greeks, who came in and uh, said, we're taking over. And uh, the Maccabees was a very small group that said, no, we're, we're putting up some resistance. And the Maccabees were actually a very small minority. A lot. What the, the Greeks wanted, they did not want to wipe out the Jews. That would have been barbaric. The Greeks were not into barbarism, not at least on the surface. They were philosophers, and therefore they wanted to enlighten the Jewish people to give up their antiquated philosophies, their beliefs. And it was this pushing off of what you hold to be true and dear for what I believe to be absolutely 100% true. Now, it's quite interesting. There is no one alive. As far as I know, 8 billion people in the world, I don't think that anybody believes that Zeus is the creator of the world. I'm, I would probably put, my, put some money on that one. Okay, or maybe I don't know if the Greek one, the Greek one's Zeus, the Greek one's Apollo. I don't remember which one's which, you know, but the sun god, whatever, between the two. So uh, I don't remember my mythology that much from uh, sixth grade, which is when I learned about all these myths, because that's what they are, is myths. But there are a lot of people who believe in one god. I mean, at least half the world believe in in an, an invisible god. So I think I can, we could see philosophically who won, but so where did the Greeks, what, what, was, what, what brought up the ire? I mean, you, know, we, you could live properly. We, you know, we don't mind if you have businesses and you have you know, three-car garages and, or three-chariot garages and send your kids to great schools and you know, women dress nice. That's okay. That's all fine. Okay? But there are certain things they just couldn't understand about Jews. Like, for example... There is no word in Judaism for the for religious. But there is a gold standard of religiosity. And it says, does this person observe the Sabbath? Is this person a Sabbath observer? Okay, your baker has to be Sabbath observer. Your butcher has to be Sabbath observant. This is considered a person's level of piety that that we rec- that we use as the litmus test is this per- does this person trust the almighty so much that they'll be willing to take off 15% plus of their week and dedicate it to non-productivity and forget about the rest of the world so the greeks they were they kind of understood the idea of like taking a day off 
I mean, Joe Lieberman, who should live to be 120, wrote a book. We had him on way back when that basically talked of the great advantage there is to just going off the grid for 24 hours. And he was kind of the proponent as he says he does it from Friday night to Saturday night, but you don't have to do it from Friday night to Saturday night. Pick another day of the week. In fact, you can pick a different day of the week anytime you want to. Just he liked the idea of people just like having that day of rest. That's that that was fine. But the Greeks couldn't understand your whole religion is going to revolve around your day off. That didn't make any sense. Got to get rid of that. The next thing they couldn't understand was this thing about the new moon. We have some, we have a ceremony, which they did have a ceremony during temple times, called the sanctification of the new moon. It's like, who are you to sanctify the moon? The moon's doing what it's doing, whether you're doing it or not. Proof, it's been uh, since the year 70, since we last sanctified the moon, and the moon seems to be working fine. So maybe in that count, the Greeks were working well, but they missed the point. It's the sanctity was for us because with the sanctification of the new moon, so we get to determine our calendar. We get to determine which days are the, of the, the month are going to be the holidays. So it was, it's not just for the month. And then there's another thing they couldn't understand was the circumcision, the bris, as it's called, the covenant. Which for them, it says, listen, they're taking, you know, Greeks are smart. Look at your own book. Your own book says that man was that was made in the image of God. And here is the first thing: day, kids eight days old, you go snipping pieces off of them. You're mutilating him. You're just you're defacing the image of God. Not understanding that that's the main thing, and with that is not the mila, which is the cover is the circumcision, but the bris, the covenant that man was created imperfect, and our job is to perfect people. They, they just couldn't relate to that. And specifically, we are engaged in the covenant. What's the covenant is to be moral, chaste people, which the Greeks, of course, were not. As it is, their quote in the, in, the, uh, in the Talmud that the students of Aristotle once found Aristotle in a brothel. And they said to him, Master, what are you doing in here? And he said, when I am in here, I am not Aristotle. Okay, you, you can call that taking off the collar, that type of a thing. And, and my collar is sewed on. My yarmulke doesn't come off. Okay, I take my yarmulke off in the shower. That's it. So the Greeks just couldn't understand this idea of relating to a higher power, which to many of us is just like, duh, because... It's been 2,000 years that, that the Jews have been promulgating monotheism to the Europeans and to the, to the, to the, uh, the countries of the East, you know, the, uh, the Arab countries, and them accepting this idea of a, a singular power which is beyond our comprehension and adhering to a code of morality When it got to the point where the Greeks, they didn't stop there. When it got to the point where they said, listen, this whole idea of morality, we want that any woman who's about to get married the night before, she should come and spend the night with the governor. That was too much already because that violates humanity. And it's the whole sanctity of the Jewish family is just like thrown in the garbage there. That's when the Maccabees led this revolt. When we talk about the miracle of Hanukkah, we, don't, we spend very little time with the war because the small armies beating big armies happens throughout the annals of history. Okay, you, can, you could look even in modern times. You have the colonialists and the, and the British. You have the Finns and the Russians. You have the Afghans against everybody. You have the Vietnamese in the United States. There's something about home field advantage. And indeed, you look at the tactics that the, the Greeks had. They were riding on elephants, which elephants and mountain passes don't work. 
So an elephant would ride through a mountain pass, and a, and a, a Jew would roll a boulder down the mountain and knock out the elephant. Finished. End of your heavy artillery. So that that kind of stuff, it was like, yeah, okay, fine. And finally, the the, the Greeks just said, this is a waste of time. We're we, we're going out. We're going to regroup. And again, they, they they actually they did regroup three years later, and they killed all the Maccabees. That's never talked about. What the Jews did, though, is they went into the temple, and they were they were told that if you don't find any oil that's proper, you could use improper oil. What did the Greeks do? They didn't pour out the oil. They didn't spit in the oil. They just broke the seal of the high priest, guaranteeing the absolute purity of it. Because the Jews, the Greeks were into purity. They were into, it doesn't, does it look any different? It doesn't look any different. It doesn't taste any different. It doesn't burn any different. All we did was pop the seal. That's all they did. And technically speaking, if you have no other oil, you use oil that the seal was broken. But God made a miracle. And there's one jar. Not that there was one jar that they didn't break. They broke every seal on every jar. But God made a miracle that there was one jar. And we know the story. It was enough to burn for for one day. And miraculously, there was, now there's a debate. Do we light it now? And then we have an interruption of eight days. Or do we wait seven days? By that time, we'll get to new oil. And then we don't have a breaking continuity. It was decided, listen, we got this far. We'll do what we must. And everybody was surprised from top to bottom that on the second day when the, when they came and the little menorah was still lit, that it was still lit. Concerning us today, 2023, we have the same thing. What would have been had the Jews groveled? This is one of the points I made last week with Jacob. Jacob groveled before Asaph. And the outcome was no good. The Maccabees didn't. They stood up. They stood up for their beliefs. They stood up for religious freedom. They stood up for morality, for what was right. They were not going to have some invading army rape, pillage, plunder, and murder. They weren't going to put up with it. And they didn't care what world opinion was. On a personal level, we get attacked and barraged by all the pleasures of the world. And we have to also understand that just because it's in front of you doesn't mean we have to indulge. We can use the world's pleasures to help make a, a dwelling for God, to make the world more, more run more efficiently. But our reason for waking up shouldn't be because we, we need to eat breakfast. The reason why we're waking up is because we need to make the day a better day. Would you like to get in touch with me? Best way to do that, go to my website, rabbifinman.com, especially now if you're listening on rabbifinman.com, then don't go away until for like the next five minutes or so because then the show starts over at the beginning and you got to play the games with that little clicker button that moves the thing forward 30 seconds at a time to get back to where you left off. So don't, you could wait You could wait three minutes, but if you're listening on Spotify or Odyssey or iHeartRadio or any of the other places, Apple Tunes or whatever, where you listen to your podcasts, well, while you're listening, you can go to RabbiFinman.com and you can check out my website. You can contact me. You can look at, see what the uh, archived editions of the radio show. The, since uh, we've had some really intense shows since uh, October the 7th. And uh, hopefully we'll have an opportunity to lighten up. Uh, it's usually around this time that we do book reviews. We'll have to see what's, uh, what's coming in. The book reviews are starting to come. The books are starting to come in for your Hanukkah purchases. So maybe we'll do some of that in the upcoming weeks. And, of course, we have the donations page. November didn't even come close to paying for November. We did not get nearly enough donations for November. The station, of course, is very patient. And they'll give us a slide for at least a month or so. So we need to pay for November, and now we need to pay for December. And I make a promise that if December is paid for by the end of December or before the end of December, I don't make an appeal. So especially now that we're at the end of the year, and so Uncle Sam is going to be looking, hmm, how much have you been giving to charity? And we're going to want to know, have you been uh, up on your – and then 
you always always have to wonder, you know, what's the Almighty going to say about your giving your tithes? So the Jewish Hour, which is part of the larger corporation of 5013C, charitable organization, of course, is the beneficiary of your tax-deductible donations. And also, because we're doing such great work in the community and all the various projects that we are part of, Jewish Ferndale, Michigan's Kosher Supervisors, the Jewish Shower, the Eparsha, the, uh, the different things, that we, other things that we're involved with, so that uh, it'll count towards your tithing as well. And so you'll be happy, God will be happy, the IRS will be happy, and all the people listening to this show, which has been on air now for 29 years, will all be happy. And you'll be happy because you helped keep it going, and just knowing that... You helped contribute to keep this program and float. So go to RabbiFinman.com, check on the donations page. You can make it, if you, life is easier, if you just set it up as a monthly donation. That way you don't even have to think about it. It's, it's uh, doing a mitzvah without even thinking. It's the best thing. It's the easiest thing. So check it out. Do that today. This uh, last weekend, Saturday and Sunday, marked the 228th anniversary of the liberation of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe from Tsarist Russia, 227 actually, from uh, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, from, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe from Tsarist prison, and he was, he was threatened with execution for treason. What was his charge? He was charged with supporting an enemy nation. What was he doing? He was collecting charity to send to Israel. Israel at that time was part of the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire was at odds with the Tsarist Russia. And therefore, it was trumped up that the rabbi was sending funds to an enemy nation, which has held uh, some serious consequences. He was vindicated after 53 days in prison. So there's a story, there's many miracles that happened when he was in prison. So he says, one of the miracles that happened is, is we have a prayer that we say once a month. Sometime between the half moon and the full moon, we say a, proclaim a blessing on the month and thanking God, a blessing on the moon, thanking God for giving us a moon and uh, the ability to discern between night and day. And it's a, it's a nice little process, and it usually ends off with like dancing, and it's a joyous occasion. And so he was traveling by boat. He was on staying on one side of the river, and his interrogation was on the other side of the river. So he asked the boat person, please stop the boat. He wants to say this blessing. So the, the, the boat person said, I'm in charge over here. You're not. The boat stopped. And it started up again. And he asked again, could you please stop the boat? And he said, no, you're a prisoner. I'm in charge. I'm not stopping the boat. But this time, the Alter Rebbe took out his gartel, which is a prayer belt, and started putting it on. The boat stopped. The third time, the rabbi asked, could you please stop the boat? By this point, the boatman understood what was happening, and he stopped the boat. And the rabbi said the blessing for the new month. So you ask the question, if the boat was stopped already the first time, why don't you just do it then? The answer is, we don't do mitzvahs through miracles. We have to do mitzvahs like boots on the ground. It has to be done in a natural way. And that's what the rabbi did. That's going to do it. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. The first night of Hanukkah is Thursday. And you light one candle then, to the second one before Shabbos on Friday. And then all the way up, we have uh, ours is uh, Jewish Ferndale is on the 14th. And that's at 6 o'clock. And we'll talk about again a little more about that next week. Till then, take care.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.